Hey, welcome to the latest edition of First Day Copites. It's episode 29. We're getting closer and closer to the end of the season, of season three. Podcast of Liverpool supporters in Delaware and friends of those Liverpool supporters. Thanks for listening on your preferred platform. Welcome to Daz, who is in Baltimore, and Sean, who is in someplace in Delaware that we argued about where it was last week, so we're not going to do that again. Um, hi, Sean. Hi, Daz. Uh, it's been a lower excitement week, I think, after the uh, EFL Cup win. Um, competition we didn't really care about. Maybe we did care about. Um, so we made progress to the last eight of the FA Cup. Um, we had quite a challenging league game with West Ham. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the Norwich game. We'll do a quick uh, round on that. Uh, and um, uh, before we're done, we will talk about the games ahead. Um, not sure that we're going to publish this before we play Inter, so uh, maybe we'll, we'll we'll gloss over that a little bit, and then we'll look ahead to Brighton, and maybe we'll have a, a, a an in, informed view on some of the things that have come out this week as well. But uh, um, before we talk about Mo Salah and the absence of fouls in his world, Norwich two one uh, really felt too easy this game, didn't it? Until Rashika scored. Um, um, I'll start with you, Daz. Uh, it felt like, like we felt like peak Man United when Luis Diaz and Sadio Mane came off the bench when it's two one. Like we'll show you. Yeah, you had the temerity to score a goal, and that's your bollocks. Watch this. Um, there's not really much to say. Like it was, we were in cruise control until we weren't. It would. It felt like it was fairly routine. Um, I think there was some good huff and puff from Norwich. But again, I, I think we've said that before. The way we play our matches, it's always going to be huff and puff from, from, from teams against us. Um, and I think that you could probably you could probably say that against even the best teams. Uh, Everton made a great account of themselves playing playing Manchester City and arguably after receiving a, a an apology card from the PGMOL that they... You know, that's. Uh, I think that it's fair to say that no matter how good a team is or how, how poor a team is, there'll be there will be a moment of huff and puff where it looks like there's the potential for for some sort of drama late or early, regardless of what time it is in the match. But to put a finer point on it, I, I think that we made it look fairly routine with with most of our with most of our second squad, well reserves, and and that is a true testament to how far we've come as a team. Um, you look at some of the cup teams that we put out in like the, the, the late, the late teens or even early teens, it, <laughs> it was frankly embarrassing. And now we're at a point where you've got Taki Minamino who's scoring what night he's got nine goals. Now he's got the best, best strike rate in the entire team for time, for time played. Like it's, I, I'm just glad to see that we're healthy and we did the business and now we, uh, we march on to, uh, to Forrest. Forrest. So, so the, there was something special, I think, about his second goal because it, like, it did it hit the hit the post and maybe the bar. But the, the goals that do that always seem somehow more spectacular. It was, uh, it was 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 quite special. I thought um, it was it was it was it was cultured too because he had a lot to do when he pulled that ball down. It wasn't it wasn't like he knocked it in with his hat. Yeah, I'm not sure that Norwich. Having scored a goal against us, which which I know, Sean, you want to talk about, uh, like I think it was Gomez defending on that goal, which felt like someone who'd forgotten the 
how we defend those those shots. Um, but it, it, in in the end, um, Norwich felt like they were just a little bit too easy to beat. Uh, I don't know if that's because they were focused on trying to win league games, but um, I don't think we're going to have another game as easy as that for the rest of the season. What do you Manchester think? United. <laughs> Everton. <laughs> okay, all right. right. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be close, though. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think it obviously was a heavily rotated lineup for us. Um, and, um, you know, they, they made a game of it, but yeah, it, it, it wasn't one that you ever thought was, was seriously in doubt. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, it was nice to see, um, Gomez kind of back. Um, I, I, it's a little bit harsh to, to, I think, blame anyone for that goal. He just kind of blasted, you know, as one of those, how many times is he going to hit the ball like that from that, that distance and score? Um, we could have defended it a little bit better, but, um, you know, I, I can't remember. There was one player that, that got lost out of position and Gomez was kind of stuck one-on-one. But, um, but anyway, yeah. It was, it was, it was Kanate. Yeah. I, I, Kanate, I, he kind of stepped. You watch him. He, if you watch it back, he steps in and kind of makes like a uh, – kind of leaves a leg out challenge and it goes past him. And it was just kind of a comedy of, of – of errors that you don't see from Konate. Sorry to cut you up, but it was just like, it just seemed like Konate doesn't necessarily defend like that. So it was one like microsecond of a brain fart and we got punished for it, which happens in this league, which I was kind of, kind of uh, alluding to earlier. But I mean, it had to be the first time that that 11 played together. It's probably Mm -hmm. the first time that that back four played together. You know, I mean, it's, you know, so that, that type of stuff is going to happen. And, um, you just you just hope that you're not giving up chances when you when you make a mistake like that. But you know it was a you know it was a re- really nice goal on their part, but they didn't you know they, they didn't get much throughout the game. So and we could have scored, I thought a few more, but Campbell. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, right. I'm forgetting. You know, I'm I'm having trouble thinking back to the Norwich game. It, it, for some reason, it seems like it's been a long time since that match, but. Uh, yeah, wavy lines. It's just because they come so thick and fast. Like you have to, you have to catalog these games so quickly. It's like it takes a while for everything to to download. I think they lulled us into a sense of security though in that game because it, yeah, like it was so comfortable for so long. And obviously, if the handball had been given, where the guy definitely didn't lean down and block the shot that was probably going in, um, it would all have been good. Uh, I, so I apologize if I got. It was go- it wasn't Gomez, it was Canate. But I think one of the things he did in that move was what, what Van Dijk does so well is he blocks half the goal and yeah. saves the other half. And I think what happened in that move was the half of the goal that Allison was covering wasn't the bit that was being covered by Canate, I guess. In that, that no, it was Gomez. There was Gomez in front Gomez. of the shot. Yeah. All right, right. Yeah. shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I thought they were they were both slightly at fault for it, and I think there was a third player in there that could have done so. You know, it was just one of these things where everybody well, probably, you know, probably Nabi Kaita because he's always to blame, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, they I, had, they I, had that, that late second shot too that Ali had to palm away. That was a nice save. Yeah, it was. Yeah, although I'm not sure they wanted to go to extra time, given. The challenge that faces them, right? It's like, oh, let's wait an extra half hour. What game? We know we're not going to win. Yeah. Anyway, didn't do them much good. Lost to Brentford yesterday, obviously. Oh, on Saturday. I think they lost to Brentford on Saturday. Um, let's move on to West Ham because clearly we're not recalling uh, tons of that game in a memorable way. 
Um, so a couple of narratives I've heard about West Ham. I'll start with you, Daz. One is that how unlucky were West Ham? The other was Liverpool really should have won that game before West Ham had chances. And even if you're counting their chances, they had two in the second half, between 55 and 90. So it wasn't like they were dominating the play. They had a couple of breakaways. What, what was your take on the game? I think we always talk about this, and I think Sean Rogers is probably most aptly described the way that most of us watch football matches with like the inner chimp out. When you go back and look at something in the in the cold light of day, it's never as bad as you remembered it. Just be, I guess, well, I guess it's human nature to remember something more in the moment as being more dramatic than it actually is. If you go back and look at the film, it's not usually as bad, especially if you have something that's if you're invested in the outcome. Um, I was on the edge of my seat a couple of times. There was the one off the line. Look, let me let me put it this way: if so, if Mo had scored in the first two minutes, I think the that, that game plan would have been completely different because their nose had been bloodied at that point. And most teams, I think, either, well, it's kind of fallaciously believed now that if they can hang in for long enough against us, they'll get, they'll get a late chance. And that, that, that could be true, but I'm sure some statistician somewhere will tell me that I'm, I'm having a laugh. Uh, in terms of, in terms of the overall flow of the match it's West Ham is, is a gnarly team to play against and they beat us like their gaff they beat us and we weren't necessarily at our, our champagne best but they still hung an L on us and so that's they've got and I know that there was a lot of talk beforehand that they're not as good as they've been they've had a dip in form that doesn't matter when you're playing Liverpool Football Club it doesn't matter how deep your dip in form is you're playing Liverpool Football Club and, and I can imagine that David Moyes would, would have, would have wanted nothing more than to, to, to shake that, 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 un, that, un, un, well, haven't won at, at West, that West Ham have won a game at Anfield for what? It's, it's been a long time. He has never won a game at Anfield. I think that's part of the. Narrative. Well, West Ham too, because you listen to West Ham fans. It's like, it's, you're just not expecting all the points. Yeah. And I can imagine that, like that, that, that's something that they really would have liked to, like, liked to have, have changed in their ledgers, and you know that they, they made a really good account of themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Antonio is 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 probably what Chelsea thought they were getting from Lukaku again, <laughs> and and he's just he's kind of. Like for a guy his size, he, he's always interested. He always feels like he's in with a sniff, and he seems to relish the battles, which is which is great too. And it's I, like I was, I didn't, I knew it wasn't going to be an easy game, um, but I still feel that if Mo had a slotted that one early, it would have would have completely changed the overall dynamic of that game. Yeah, I don't think it was just that one either, because the ball rolled around on their line. Which apparently mm. had a zero point zero xg, which is interesting, right? <laughs> um, the, the, like it could have gone in like three or four times. Apparently, none of those counted uh, towards xgs. It, it felt like if if we put one of those things away, it would have been a very different game. Um, well, I know we have Luis Diaz on on the on the agenda, but a couple of his weren't far off. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking specifically the one that he that he that, there was one that was a site that 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 that. that um, What's his grill probably had covered, 
And then there was the one that he hit like short side that like he would not, he wouldn't have gotten a sniff at if it had been on goal. So I think that Luis Diaz, when he, when he finally starts, when he gets his sight, he's, he's going to put some, he's going to put some pretty incredible goals. And I, and I remember Coutinho uh, when he first started, he was hitting balls like, like, what the fuck? I think that's actually what, <laughs> when I was texting, I was like, what the fuck? And it just, I could automatically just like auto corrected to Coutinho because I'm like, what the hell is he hitting the ball from there from? And then, like, next thing you know, like, he's, he's scoring these worldies from, from just outside the 18-yard box. And I have a sense that what we're going to get that from Luis Diaz, too. Once 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 he gets one, he's going he's, to they'll, they'll come in bagfuls. Yeah, yeah. So, so Sean, don't – last thoughts on West Ham. Don't know where you want to go. Um, like, the deficiencies of the XG, I thought, would be an interesting topic for you. But you can no. move from that. <laughs> I thought, hold on, hold on. You're in a sleep mode. I can't hold on. Look it up on my phone this time. Um, no, th- so I, I, I thought it was a, it was actually a pretty impressive win because I thought that was, I, I actually thought we were, we, I don't want to say, it's not like we played badly, but we were really off it. You know, it was, it was one of those games where just nothing was clicking. Um, I don't know what was going on. It, it was like somebody spiked the water before the game or something like that, especially in the front three. Um, cause I, I can't remember Mo ever having a game. Like he, he was, again, it wasn't like he was awful, but he was just off, you know, like he wasn't his normal self. Um, and we, you know, still, we, we could have had a, a number of goals. They could have scored, you know, a couple, um, you know, the clearance off the line by Trent was great. Um, but, um, you know, we, we were clearly the better team. Um, I think we definitely could have scored three goals. Um, you know, maybe they, they could have scored one. I haven't looked that closely at the XG, honestly, since the weekend. But I know that I know they had a relatively large number. Um, most, I think a lot of that is Antonio. Sure. M- yeah. Most XG is Liverpool this season um, and Anfield. Wow. Yeah. But caveat is – some of the XG could have been offside. It just wasn't called. Right. Yeah. And then I think they had two really big chances on that one play that was cleared off the line. Right. I mean, they like that was two of their big shots. So it kind of inflated, but um, some of, some of the models probably actually take it out. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought Antonio was just a problem again. I thought that was a big part of it. Like we just have a hard time. The first time we played him, he really, um, really kind of beat Matip, um, Matip um, kind of frequently in the air. Um, and he was giving him nightmares. And then, and then, you know, my expectation was like, oh, you know, Kanate's a little bit bigger, you know, maybe a little bit pacier. And he had just as difficult of a time with him, I thought. I mean, he's just – he's not an easy player to play against. I think you said before the game, Daz, like they're kind of a perfect foil for, for the way we want to play. Like, and a lot of it has to do, I think, with, with Antonio because he just loves – that role of sitting in mid- midfield and and kind of getting those clearances, getting those headers, and starting to break, spring and right, and that's usually what we're so dominant against. You know, when, when people clear the ball, we we regain possession pretty quick, um, and it was a lot more difficult to do that against them. So I, I mean, I think that that was kind of that was a big part of it. And I thought Mo especially, but also um, even though he scored, I thought in the first half Mane was a little off too. You know, a couple. Um, you know, the touches where he, he lost the ball. and we, we just we just weren't, you know, we weren't clicking. Um, second half, um, 
it was weird. I thought like our front three started playing better and then the midfield was a little bit more off than it was in the first half. So, um, you know, it was just one of those games, but it's, it's one of those games that we, that we won a lot of in the um, 1920 season, mm-hmm. you know, that were like these tough one nil wins, you know, in a couple of those we scored late in the game, um, you know, so it was just, it was one of those where we, where we kind of were able to grind it out. I think Klopp said something to that effect after the game too. It was, you know, it was a great win because we really weren't on it. Yeah. Definitely good things, bad things about the, this game. Um, so we don't play West Ham again, but Sissy do. Do we think um, West Ham are a team that can cause them problems? <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. I mean, we of can, course, we can, hopefully, but. <laughs> We can we can hope. Um, they, I mean, it's weird. City, we, we have similar styles, but they do play slightly different than we do. Um, and you know, for for whatever reason, it seems like we often struggle more against those low block teams. Teams that are just going to pack it in, try to hit us on the counter. Whereas City, City's issues are really more just like fundamentally, they're not as good at defending. You know, they're they're they just don't have Van Dyke and Alley back there, so. I don't think it's a fundamental difference. I just don't think they have the personnel that we do. Our success there right. is in almost entirely re- dependent on, because think about how easy we were got at when we were missing Verge and we were missing Monty mm-hmm. and we were throwing midfielders in back there because Klopp almost seemed disinclined, let's put it, like, to put it nicely, to try and adjust to, to the personality he had. And, and, and we suffered as a result. So it's any, any type of sustained pressure or proper counterattacking and city are like turtles on the turtles on their backs. And they just, they, they don't have the personnel that we have. And what makes it work for us is the fact that we have who we have back there. And I think someone pointed it out on the Anfield rap today about how that, that ca- that kid from Inter Milan got the ball and he was off to the races and he looked up and he's like, ah, it's Virgil friend fucking die. And he just stopped. <laughs> like he put the drum. Yeah. 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 Whereas Jaden Sancho apparently didn't have that issue yesterday against Man City. Nope. What a finish that was, by the way. Well, I'm yeah. not really going to lord them, but oh my God, it was it, filthy. I, I think there's a lot to learn from that. Mm-hmm. So we have a couple of games coming up this week. Uh, probably if you listen to this podcast, the game against Internationale has already happened. We were 2 0 up from the first leg. Um, the, the feels like there's only downside here. We we need to protect our lead. Um, so let's talk a little one time around about playing Inter. They won five nil, I think, over this weekend against the bottom team in Syria. Um, they possibly are the best team in Italy. I don't know what that means in terms of uh, kind of where everyone else is. So so Daz, what what's your hope, expectation about playing Inter Milan tomorrow night? My expectation is that they spend the first 10 to 15 minutes trying trying to score one to make it a nervy affair. Uh, you know, all their data guys and all their video guys have probably been looking at the way that teams have, have tried to get to us and have had limited amounts of success, but that seems to be their golden periods are probably the first 10 minutes of either half. So if I... I I don't know how Klopp is is going to approach this. I'm pretty sure I know who he's going to use, 
because this is this is the trophy. And this, I guess this is a question that you hear proposed all the time. Would you rather have the 20th league or would you rather have the seventh big years? And the answer to that is fucking both, mate. Yes. But the answer is yes. <laughs> if, you answer, if you ask all the players, I'll tell you the same thing. Yeah. But he's, I, I don't think, I don't see him going there looking to play conservatively. I, uh, small C conservative. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Neil Atkinson. But I think that he, I, I think that he'll play the way that he just, the only way he knows how to play. And I expect a Mo that, to Sean's point, wasn't the best version of Mo that we've ever seen. And I said, I think I said this on our group chat. As a, a seven out of ten Mo still feels it's. It's the seven out of ten mo, but it's we're so used to eight, eight and a half, nine all the time that it feels like that. That's a precipitous drop off, and it's it's not really. Mm-hmm. But he's what like he hates coming off, and you could see it on his face. And Klopp gave him a hug, but it was like you could imagine like he was like he was hugging a porcupine, all the quills coming off of him. He was so prickly. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think that woe woe betide the inter fullback at this point. Um, because I, I think he's going to try and make it a, not necessarily a statement game, but I don't think we'll see two of those on the bounce. Yeah, yeah. And he probably also is very interested in being the, the high school scorer in the Champions League as much as anything else. Yeah. So I think that we'll see him at the races. I know Tiago is is back in training. I'm not sure you'll put him on the start. My sense is Nabi will probably get the start. Just because, and we've talked about this before as well, I think even on these year airwaves, that Nabi's becoming a way more accomplished systems player. And you, I think you saw that against uh, West Ham this last weekend as well. Uh, uh, I think we're starting to appreciate that, that that he's capable of doing something other than being the German Nabi that we've got. Mm-hmm. And um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Thiago get 20 minutes at the end with an eye on Brighton for the weekend. But I think I think he'll go with the same midfield, and if uh, I think Matip will probably come back in for for Kanate. But I think um, I'd I'd be surprised if Klopp went conservative um, or or tried to change his game plan because it worked for us and it, it worked for us in Inter. Well, the, and the... I think that if they do come at us, the gaps will appear, and if we can exploit those gaps, if we, if we get one early, it's, I think it's end of the fixture. I don't think they get, they're not going to score three or four goals to beat us. And, and, and I think the big benefits of the Champions League games is we have five subs. Five subs. He, mm-hmm. he could actually start people. He's n- no intention of finishing. So, you know, whether that's Thiago or you know, wh- whoever he chooses, um, because I think at this point, Given the fixture list, we probably want to have people like a peak condition for Arsenal. Sure. Um, um, so um, it'd be great to get through this. A couple of goals in the first half, be awesome. Then we can trade all the people out. Um, Sean, what's your hope and expectation? Because I, I think, it, you know, to Daz's point, Inter are not a bad team. Um, maybe the best team in Italy right now. Um they, 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 so I think last time I said they haven't won a game since they played us. Well, apparently they did because they won 5 0 the weekend. So, um, what, what is your expectation about playing them? I agree with most of what dad, dad said. Um, you know, but I, I guess I'm, uh, <laughs> I, 
Can I get you to I, sign an affidavit of support, please? I, 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 you know, I, yeah, I feel like they'll come out and try to get an early goal. Um, I don't think that we're, we're going to back down because, you know, if we score one or two, then that's, that's it. You know, they're not, they're not scoring four against us at Anfield. You know what I mean? It's, it's just not happening. So, um, you know, I, I, based on the first, um, first picture, I can't really see them dominating the midfield. I mean, we, we, uh, you know, I thought we controlled that pretty well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty confident going into it. Having said that, you know, if we listen back to it and we're, we get knocked out, you know, at Anfield, that'd be pretty terrible. But um, I just, I, I don't, I don't see that being likely to happen. Um, never happened you know, before, actually, sure. It never has. No, we've wow. had a lead going into a game in Anfield. We have never lost. Well, and, and in this case, actually, like specifically, the away goal, goals rule going away kind of helps us a little bit because. Um, you know, if it, if somehow it doesn't end up like three, one, it'll go to extra time rather than them walking away with it. You know, I think it's, I think it's more, you know, it's, it's highly unlikely that they score more than two against us. And I think it's also pretty unlikely that we don't score at all. So. Considering what our XG has been at home, I think we have the highest XG of any, of any team at home in recorded history, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think I think I, I, my guess is that they might not play Vidal this time, which you know, I think last time he didn't help them very much at all. Um, you know, so it, it'll be interesting to see what they do in terms of their. I think Gossens is back and and he's he's a big player for them um, on the wing. So um, you know, I, I don't expect it to be an easy match, but going in two 0 up, you know, is a big cushion. So Klopp did actually mention that. Not having Barella is clearly an advantage to us. Um, yeah, that's that's one of the things. He's probably their best player, you know. So we we, we have so many other things to touch on. Um, few little words on Brighton. Uh, early kickoff on Saturday. Um, Brighton have lost a bunch of games in a row. Um, how are we feeling about that one, Daz? Uh, I was at the Brighton game. When they took when who was the referee that allowed them to take was it Atkinson? Probably allowed them oh, almost certainly allowed them to take the free kick before Adrian had been set. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I was at that game and I was furious. Yeah. <laughs> My son added at least three more words to his lexicon. <laughs> Not all of them were good. Um, actually, none of them were. <laughs> but uh, but he is Atkinson. And then you like, said he is that. Guy, yeah. yeah, I I like the way Brighton play football. Uh, I I think that that Potter's got he's he struck a good balance for a team that doesn't have the resources. Of he's gotten a lot out of some 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 very tidy players. Um, it's kind of I'm not happy to see them fall on misfortune. But if we keep it going for one more week, I'd be more than happy. Uh. I, I don't know. It's, it's I don't want to get into that that dick swinging phase where I, I and the swagger where we don't we're like we're invulnerable or invincible because when we're not. Um, but I don't see Brighton somehow snapping out of what the best way to describe it is a slump. And I, and I always I I always say like I'm I, I, every time I say something I got to be made a show of, but I, I just I. I I don't think it's rot per se. I just think maybe the message is getting lost because I don't 
think they have that much in the way of, of injuries. I don't Basuma didn't play this week, did he? I think he's something. Oh, that I was gonna say, like I yeah, I'm I'm not sure why they're they've fallen off a bit lately. I haven't looked at their you know injuries, but Basuma didn't play, I don't think, on the weekend. Um, you know, he's obviously a key player for them. Um, I agree with you. I mean, I, I really like the way that they play. Um, I thought that, you know, they probably should have finished higher than they did last year. Couldn't finish. Um, they just couldn't finish. Yeah. Right. They blew they, a whistle they, they, off to the match and let Manchester United take a penalty off to the I think game. They have the same problem still, though. Like, I, I, I was, you know, I'm surprised they haven't gone out and been more aggressive at getting a, you know, goal scorer striker. Um, because yeah, I mean, I, I think Potter, you know, seems like a, a good manager too. You have to, you know, you, you never, you never can tell until somebody kind of moves up to a bigger club how they're going to do. Um, but I think he's he's basically ready to take that step, at, you know, anytime. Um, but like you said, I mean, I, I'm pretty confident with anybody we play right now at this point. It's it's like you know, this past weekend we played West Ham, who are you know one of the better teams in the league, probably you know top seven or so. And we played pretty bad. I don't want to say we played terrible. We definitely weren't nearly our best. And um, and you know we still we still managed to come out with the with the one 0 win. Now like you know a couple of things could have gone against us, but that's basically where we're at right now. I mean we we need to have a, a bad game, and then we also need things to go you know even more against us. You know with like you know penalty call or something like that. Um, you know. Not, not to not to get too arrogant, like you're saying. I mean, it's not like we can't lose. We definitely can. But it almost feels like things have to kind of get stacked against us in some way um, for that to happen. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm pretty confident, um, especially given Brighton's form recently. So, so I feel like I'm summarizing this with um, Brighton are a really good team. They've gotten to a bit of a mess recently. Let's hope they don't figure it out before we play them. But let's hope they really do figure out before they play City. Um, that would be my summary of our conversation there. Um, this is my point to move on. Um, lots of things we talk about. Um, not sure how much we, time we have left. Um, all the time, feel, Paul. All feel the like, time. feel like we should start with the Tompkins Times article about the fouls on Mo Salah. Um, and this is probably a hashtag only Salah moment. But... Um, Apparently, he needs to play more than a game to get a foul, for especially from certain Premier League referees. Um, um, one good thing I noticed was the Paul Tompkins article was posted on Reddit and had, I think it said it was 10,000 hits uh, on this article, which hopefully makes, makes a difference. But essentially, what the article said was that, that like there's a normal distribution of fouls versus touches in the opposition area and Salah is not on that chart because he's so far an outlier of, of like how many times he has to touch the ball to be fouled. Um, start with you, Daz. Uh, what do you make of that? Uh, it feels obvious in hindsight, looking at the, like what we see every week, but it's amazing to see it stretch out in the stats that way. Tom, Tompkins times is, is, is an incredible resource for that exact reason, because like you almost gaslight yourself. Like I have to be fucking crazy to believe that like this is this ridiculous. And then he's like, but I have a chart for you and I have data for you. And it's all right here. You assholes. So like it's, it's, it really is a breath of fresh air to be able to see it all laid out 
in data point style. And I hate data. I hate statistics. However, like it's, and it's, it's not even like a, like a, a, an inherent bias. Like it's, you see it and you're like, eh. then you have your pundits with their, whatever their, their, their agenda is like, Oh, it goes down too easily. Or yeah. why? Like, mate, it's all there. Like, I know that you played when you guys had leather balls and headbutting in the box was allowed, like, but we, the game has moved on. And by, by, I think it's by not calling it out is, is tantamount to endorsing like the level of bullshit that like these, that some of the, these players have to put up with. And let's be fair, by and large, they're foreign players and by and large, they play for bigger teams. Uh, I, I'm not sure what the stakes are. And I, I can't imagine like this is something at a, a higher level. We're like, yeah, well, let's make sure we take care of ours and not theirs. Like, but it's like, you look at it, like we all see this. We can all, like, it's, it's, it's evident to the naked eye. Yeah. And you guys are continue to try and make some sort of like false narrative about like, what it actually is. Call it what it is. Like it's, it's, it's beyond the pale. And then you have Tompkins is, is showing you as such as like, I remember, uh, look, what's Rudiger is, is a perfect example. Like, I feel like he's kind of the modern Fernandinho. Like, it, he, he, it, it's almost like an assault every time he's, he was on Moe's back, had his arm around his shoulders across his neck and put his leg out. Like, that's not, a, like, when is that going to ever be called a foul? So it's like, oh, he's, a, he's one of those hard-nosed players that we all love to see. But it's a foul, man. It's still a foul. Call it a foul. If a guy gets hacked down in the box, he took his leg out. It was one a couple of weeks ago where Mo gets his leg taken out. I'll play on. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember Danny Welbeck speaking at Brighton. Like there was a Zephyr that gently touched his left thigh and he went down. And they're like, oh, that's definitely a penalty. Like, like you've, you've got – that's my biggest issue with, with all the PGML ass wipes is like they, there's no consistency. It always seems to be tinged by who it is and where they are. Anyway, I'm done. I'm gonna drink. Well, I think um, it's I and mean, it's hard to ignore, right? Because I, I, you know, I, I saw a lot of people like commenting on this feed, different platforms, and it's like, how many leagues we lost as a consequence of some of this dodgy refereeing? Because um, this might be three now if we don't win the league this season. Because um, we've had so many more instances of where we should have had fouls, and City, because because you look at the if you look at the graph and we should probably share the graph on the, um, when, when we publish the podcast, Grealish, Madison, um, players of the elk, Foden get fouls. I think it's four times more frequently than Mo Salah does. Um, Hey, guess what? Guess what that leads to um, your team winning games that they probably shouldn't. Uh, and, and we don't. Sean, I'll, I'll, I'll go to you next. Um, so many things to be upset about with this. With this stati- the, so this is one of the things where it's not funny where it's hashtag only seller that gets treated in this way because um, there are other stats that they, like, he's way ahead of people. Where would you go from here? Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see what the stats look like for his first season or two before they created this narrative that, that he and Mane are divers. Oh, I have that. Um, they're not quite as bad as they became in 2018, 19, 2019, 20. 
Right. But so they weren't great, by the way. They weren't great, Um, but they got worse. And this season, apparently, they've come back slightly, um, but he's still, like, he's an outlier in terms of the overall graph. Yeah, I was going to say with the graph, I can't, I'm not looking at it, but it's like the low end, you know, it's like Grealish and it's around like whatever, 40 touches per foul. And then the high end of the main part of the graph is like 80. And then Moe's like 120. 120, yeah. He's such a, he's such a huge outlier that like, if you, if you post it, you know, like a chat and it like gives you a preview of the graph, you can't even see Moe's so far off. You need That's exactly what happened to me. I was like, "Where's Where's Salah? I'm pretty sure he plays in this league." It's It's so ridiculous. I mean, and and it, I mean, it. You know, I don't know if it had anything to do with it, but you know, I, I thought it was particularly bad early in the game this weekend against West Ham. I thought in the first 30, 35 minutes, he was fouled probably five or six times that didn't get called, and a couple of them were just like blatant, like like even the West Ham players, a lot of them just stopped because they assumed it was going to be a foul. And then Moss gave nothing and everybody's sort of looking at him like, what are you doing? You know, I I mean, it's, it happens all the time, but I I did think it was particularly bad at the beginning of this West Ham game. Um, He he was just, he was getting fouled so blatantly, you know, over and over again, they just weren't given any, any calls. So sorry, Sean, I I, I don't know where I I thought that added something into the uh, agenda. Um, Apparently Moss and Mariner, are the worst in terms of giving fouls for Salah. I think Salah needs to play three games with Moss to get two fouls. And we've kind of <laughs> seen four in the game against West Ham, right? If somebody uh, least, calling them as they were. Um, I mean, you know, there's, and I, I, I think, I don't think it was a penalty like on replay, but, you know, I, I've seen, uh, you know, um, I've seen much, much, uh, Lighter fouls been given for a penalty than the one that that Dawson went in on on, on Salah. And he did get a piece of the ball, but I mean, he just absolutely took him out of the legs. I mean, I so so they didn't show it often enough to me to know. But my instinct was that he actually caught Salah, then got the ball, and then it bounced out. I it, I mean, so that's what I I thought initially. I was like, that's definitely a penalty. And then Justin was like, no, it was clean. And I I did watch it back, and he sort of gets – he gets, like, the top of the ball and he hits Mo at the same time. But the point is, like, it's one of these things where sometimes if you get the ball, it can still be a foul. You know, if, if you come in, you know, too aggressive or, da- you know, basically dangerous play. And I thought that one was bordering on. And, I mean, it didn't turn into something, but, but Salah easily could have gotten injured, yeah. you know, I think, with that tackle. I think, unfortunately, it's only a penalty if you Harry Kane, so – well, right, but I mean, and that wasn't, but that wasn't one of the ones I was I was referring to. Oh, I mean, there were a bunch that thought he was getting fouled, you know. So, and, and the thing that didn't seem to carry over in the agenda was that like, Moss and Mariner are terrible, but they're not that much worse than the best referees in the league in terms of giving fouls. Salah, um, I think uh, Tompkins pointed out that. Um, if it wasn't for Michael Oliver and maybe one other referee who we might be surprised by, can't remember who that is, um, then then uh, like our average level of fouls for touching the box is. I think it was actually Pawson. Wasn't Pawson the one that gave him the most? Yeah, it was. It which, was which, which, which astounded me. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if it's because he gives he gives the other team a lot of a lot of penalties too. I don't, you know. <laughs> well, he, I guess he's not. 
Kavanaugh. He's not Tierney. He's not Atwell. He's not Coot. He's not the Sean right. So Tierney, Tierney was second, I think, which is another one that you don't think, like, he definitely doesn't favor us, clearly, especially based on this year. Well, only if Kavanaugh's his VAR guy is a turnover. Yeah, I mean, but it, it all... I mean, only I Kev, hashtag only Kavanaugh. Personally, I, I I don't think Moss calls very many fouls in general, which I normally like, except the problem is I, I think a lot of times he doesn't call them because he's so far from the play. I, I, that by the way, I think he's still, called more, he's still called more penalties on Liverpool and Anfield than he's called for Liverpool and Anfield. Wow, yeah. So he called two in one game for Spurs, if you remember. Um, one of which he was uh, yeah. Mike saying, I don't know what happened. I'm giving a penalty. He is a he's a horrible referee, and it's not talked about enough. Um, and he's he should not be refereeing. He's he's whatever, he's he's too old and he's not in shape. You know, like if you watch the game, he's always so far from the play. Oh. I, I don't know how you can make a call when you can't get up and down the pitch, you know. So Sean. Oh. Speaking for people who are out of shape and old, uh, I, I well, don't know if that's a good reason, but it could be referring to myself. His judgment, but, you know, his judgment I'm not a is clearly off. <laughs> but you don't get paid 125,000 pounds yeah. a year to if do I, it either. If I was getting paid the, what they're getting paid to, you know, crappily referee a game, you know, I'm pretty sure I could keep myself in shape, stay out of the pub for a little while. Well, the rejoinder yeah. to that is round is a shape. <laughs> so yes it doesn't hold that much hope for the rest of the season so why don't we go ahead and bash some teams pick your team um so we're going to close it out now because obviously um we are going to beat inter we're going to get past inter we given where bright now we hopefully will win that one got a tough one coming up which we'll talk about next week at arsenal um, might be the hardest game we've got away from home actually in the rest of the season. Well, depending on a Champions League draw, but there's a couple of other teams. Wow, they aren't doing so great, are they? Um, what, what's your perspective, Sean? I know you hate Chelsea. Um, the post Abramovich era doesn't look good for them, does it? No, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm hoping that, um, Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, will buy him. That would be great. But um, oh, Justin, not, love that. Yeah, no, I, I just I, I wanted to. Uh, I, I actually wanted to touch real quick on Arsenal. I, I you know, I, I, I think that the way they play matches up perfectly for us. And um, I don't know. I, in some ways, I'm more confident about that that matchup than you know your Brightons or, or some of these others. Um, Forest. Yeah, not even Forest. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we can all hope it's nothing's nothing's final yet. But we can all hope that the the London grad era is finally over here. Um, with you know, I, I I don't think we can I don't, I don't think we can we can be too optimistic about that or about finding out you know where all that money was coming from. But um, you know, if if there's one. Um, one good thing that that's that's coming out of that, yeah. Um, good riddance, Roman. So, so Daz, you're not convinced that Chelsea are on their way because I think we're we're hoping as much as we expect it to happen. Well, I think it's fairly certain that he's going to sell the club. 
to whom? Dude, I can't, Sean, I can't believe you didn't pick the low-hanging fruit that the guy that's going to buy Chelsea, the biggest dick club on the face of the earth, his name is two, 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 two words for dicks. You didn't even pick that low-hanging fruit. Well, I don't think he's actually going to. I think Roman's probably going to sell to his. Uh, well, you shared it. He's going to sell to one of his uh, buddies, his buddies yeah. in the dark, you know, whatever. Dark, um, mm. dark underworld of, of uh, money management. Well, I think what we're all hoping for, if I can really make a broad inference here, is that they don't get the 1.5 billion of do whatever the fuck you want with this money money. Yeah. The loan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, that's, so I, I that's kill them if they don't get the loan. I think because like think about it, that's that that has been the basis of their success is un what what's the expression for I'm not a finance guy. It's not unsecured loans. It's um when it when you when you don't have a particular like the money's not supposed to go to something. What the hell is that loan called? I don't know, but the Swiss Ramble on Twitter, which we mentioned last week too, did a fantastic breakdown of uh, Chelsea's finances that I encourage everybody to look at and they highlighted the fact that um abramovich still even even more than man city much more than any other owner chelsea's success is all about him pumping all his own wealth into that Mm -hmm. club and again like nobody knows exactly where that money's coming from nobody ever has and and people get sued forever like you know bringing up any any you know of the suspicions um yeah, you know, it's 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 just it's unfortunate. I, I'm hoping that in some ways that that whole era will uh, be coming to an end here. But hopefully so the question, the question is, is does the FA what? do an about face at this uh, point? The, the horn, the fuck all. Yeah, that the one that the horse is already. Someone said like, I think they said the horse is already out the barn, won the race and had kid. Yeah. I think there was there was a great Guardian actually cartoon which had in like now we've lost Gazprom we need a new sponsor let's find a barn like a barn door enabler and <laughs> well, the, the big thing is oh the horse already left but we've got a great barn door <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's not yeah I, I don't have any hope that like you know the, the morals are going to take over the FA or Premier League or or world world football but you know if they can get the original sport washers out, you know, that's better than nothing. But so, so just bring a whole new bunch of sports washers in. That's the question. Uh, yeah, no doubt. You know, yeah. So um, I, think, I think there's a lot of things we know and a lot of things we, 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 we don't yet. So I think, you know, Man City increasing their commercial revenue during the pandemic is like, hmm, interesting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chelsea, are they on their way out? But there are two things that are facts today. Mice United and Everton football clubs are in a pretty bad shape. Um, so pick which one you want to talk about, because um, I'm thinking Everton is like that Munch screen painting is kind of where they are now. Um, the scream. Unite, <laughs> United? Wow. Um, well, the best thing to come out of today was the Spurs-Everton game where the, the fans were chanting, you just a shit Steven Gerrard to uh. Frank Lampard. 
Yeah, you didn't see that. I, I, I didn't watch. I, I wasn't able to watch any of that game, but I was following it, and I, I was still just shocked at how badly they got beat. I mean, Spurs aren't that good, you know. I mean, like they they might end up finishing fourth, maybe they finish fifth, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, Everton, my God, you know, because it, 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 it wasn't even like a fluke five nil. I mean, they deserve to win that game five nil. Like yeah. it was, it was definitely that lopsided. They're shambolic. There's no other way to put it. They are. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was the hope that killed you on Saturday, on Sunday with the Manchester Derby. It was. Because I think we touched, we touched on the Jaden Sancho strike, which was yeah. sumptuous, but mm-hmm. they were just outclassed in every. I, I don't know what the hell he was thinking with Paul Pogba being where he was, but I'm like, Ronaldo would have given you more than that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, McGuire, that, that was, that was, uh, you know, I, I think that that ended any debate about Harry McGuire being some sort of elite good center back. I mean, that was just a disaster. So I have, I have some sympathy for Harry Maguire before you jump in, Paul. Yeah, I, I do. He, I think he's just, he was, this is, this is the downside of hype. Like, it's. I think that he's been sacrificed to the, the the hype gods because, well, Manchester United would never spend, and you have one Basako is another one on there. They would never spend that much money on a on a, on a shit player. Ta-da! It's <laughs> it's it, he's an unfortunate casualty of 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 that exact type of thinking. Like everyone's screaming, is like you're more than welcome to 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 this. If you think that this is going to be your 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 salvation, I, I I do have a little bit of sympathy for him. Not a lot, but I have some sympathy for like the plight that he finds himself currently in. One Basaka too. It's like, mate, I know that they call you the Spider Man, and you do have really long legs. In fairness, and but you 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 just you're not at that level, and. Mm-hmm. I, I think United are much like the Russian army right now. <laughs> They're all hype and, and, and no tires. Yeah. I mean, so I saw somebody post that um, we got our entire back four plus all the backups. If you include Kanate Gomez and Simicus for about the same amount of money as United paid for Juan Basaka and McGuire. So you know, that, that's that's pretty incredible. And most of our money went to Virgil, which, you know, is obviously like he anchors our defense. But, um, yeah, just money not well spent. Um, and uh, I, I don't think, you know, it, they got a big problem on their hands because, like, if, if somebody does come in, they get a good manager, you know, they, they can – I think if they get one or two Sean, players – who's taking that job? I don't know. But I, what I'm saying is is if you were going to rebuild Ralph that – right <laughs> right you you would get like in my opinion you'd get rid of Ronaldo and Pogba you'd bring in two quality midfielders and either sell Fred or, or McTominay or just like bench them you know kind of use them as rotation you can't and, give them away but but the problem that they have is they're not gonna they're not just gonna dump Harry Maguire and he's not good enough to play center back for Manchester United for what they want to be he's just he's never going to be good enough and so- um, they're they're not going to be able to move on from me from me easily anytime soon. Can can I have brought this up? Yeah, I think Maguire is way overpriced, but I don't think he's quite as bad as as Wambasaka for the money involved. So what Wambasaka was fifty million, 
he, um, he, I mean, let's, so, so let's put this in perspective. Nico Williams, better or worse than Juan Bissaka? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I, I would take Juan Bissaka over Nico. What? I think that's, I think that's been a little you deluded. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, I think a, a big part of our, uh, our perception is, and I don't understand why this has happened, but like this whole narrative about Trent not being a good defender, like we are so <laughs> spoiled. We're watching arguably the best fullback ever to, yep. to play in front of us. And we watch him every week. So, you know, I, I agree. Like Juan Bissaka, like he's, he's, he's nowhere near what he's made out to be. He's nowhere really, near what, really what, limited. Right. It, but like. He's like a 1980s fullback. No, nobody you watch is going to be remotely, you know, they're, they're not going to be remotely as good as Trent. They're, they're not, that's why they're not asked to do nearly as much. Um, I think, you know, con, Conseo uh, for um, Man City is the only, I mean, it's the only player in the league that I would even like to say is remotely comparable. And then we have Robertson, who's probably the second, second best. Um, we're just spoiled as hell when it comes to fullbacks. There's nothing you've said I disagree with. But after you said Nico is not better than Rambasaka. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, grab a drink because it's clear that we're not going to be able to wrap this up for at least another 15. No, I, I, just, I, I think with, I, I think Wambasaka is is he doesn't fit the system, right? What's the play? I think he's a I think he's a, a very good fullback if you play a more defensive system like a West Ham. <laughs> If you play your entire game in your own half, yes. Okay, yeah, you're well, correct. He's well he's he's not oh. he's not he's not good in the attacking third. And um, and he's so not what not great. What does the modern fullback do? Just no, oh, right. Yeah, I mean I, I'm not saying he's a great player or anything. I'm just you know, I you know I'm, I'm glad he's not ours. They'd be better with Nico. Okay. Guys, what's your perspective? Not a terrible shot, actually. That is not it's a terrible I mean, shot. I think I think Nico might become you know he's he is likely to become as good or better. But Do, have you seen yeah. full on think he's the greatest fullback in the world? I mean, They've given him the man yeah. of the match two games miss? on the bounce. I guess I haven't seen all that. No, but he hit um, the crossbar this weekend from the halfway he line. Did. He did. Yeah. Oh, I did see that. I did see yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Not that that's necessarily the mark of a great fullback because it's but, not really what you hired for. <laughs> However, he did it. Well, except, no, I mean, Nico's not bad. I mean, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I would put it. This, I would definitely take Costa Simic over him. That's for sure. Hmm. Okay, we'll see. All right, we should probably, we should probably oh, wrap this paradise. Up. There's trouble let's in go. paradise. So there's gonna be words after this. Let's come back to this. Um, oh, we have another. We have the American Scouser thing to do, right? Okay. Um, we will be back after the Brighton game, which is early game next week. Um, thank you, Daz. Thank you, Sean. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, which you will, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> and if you don't disagree, oh, well, I, what, whatever. <laughs> if you disagree, agree, yes. Yeah. Also on Twitter, we only tweet and retweet from sources we think are credible. We're retweeting a lot of Nico Williams stuff, by the way. 